Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. In this one, we are going to be previewing the Scarlet season, uh, reigning champions of, well, I suppose the last ever champions of the Pro 12, Dan. They kind of get to keep that one, do they? They, they do, yeah. I'm still, yeah. I'm still calling them the Pro 12. Whatever, yeah, whatever it's, just, it it's just easier. Well, in, the, in our previous... Um, in our previous podcast where we've been previewing the other teams you keep referring to top four finishes and top six finishes which don't make a huge amount of sense no. in this new uh, and that conference continue. format so yeah I look forward to that continuing as well um, so yeah reigning champions the Scarlets does that bring extra pressure with it? Uh, I don't think it does really no I think the Scarlets will just lap it up I think they uh, they wouldn't have wanted the, the season to end and uh, certainly we didn't want it to end did we the way they were playing yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely amazing. Really, it just felt like yeah they you felt they could have had a crack at anyone at that yeah. point. They were in such good form. I was genuinely upset when 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 it came to an end because the rugby was just getting better and better, wasn't it? You thought, hang on, it can't it can't get any better now, can it? And it they just kept on producing these performances that were just off the scale. Well, history points, you know. History points you to believe in that if you're a, an away semi-finalist, then you're not going to get through it. And then you know you kind of they overcame those odds and then did exactly the same in the in the final. You know I know it's technically neutral, but you know they were in Ireland yeah. um, against the Irish opposition. So uh, you know that yeah you're right. I, I kind of you just felt like they kind of just kept going on and on and on. But that said, you've now got you know you know there's been the, the Lions tour for some of those players. Um, and then you've got that you've got that break, and then a bit of pre-season. Uh, will they be able to pick up where they left off? I think they will. I think um, the coach with the coaches they got there as well, they'll they'll have a massive effect on just saying to the chaps that this is this is very much the beginning. I think that the Scarlets probably had 
a season last year that they the coaches probably didn't quite expect was going to happen that mm. quickly, and it, it, but it just did. They, they, there's, there's, they're not the finished the finished article at all, are they? Um, they've had a couple of you know a couple of uh, people now have, have, have left the side. Obviously, Liam Williams being being the biggest, but obviously replacing you know replacing him with uh, you know with with Halfpenny is mm. you know it's, it's a massive. It's a massive signing, isn't it? And he'll be huge for them. He really will. I mean, it's interesting because Liam Williams really does fit that Scarlet style of play, though, doesn't he? You know, he's such an attacking, uh, naturally skillful, flair player that he kind of, you know, fits that. He fits that mould perfectly. So replacing with Lee Halfpenny, who is, you know, again, obviously such a... Um, what's the word? He's a high-profile player. Mm. He's such an accomplished player. But he's very different. Do you think that that will alter the way the Scarlets play, or will Halfpenny have to alter his game a bit to fit into their backline? I don't think the Scarlets will change the way they want to play. I think Halfpenny will have will, will they'll find a position for Halfpenny. They'll slot him in, and you know McNichol was you know uh, was absolutely key to how the you know how the Scarlets played really towards mm. the, certainly towards the back end anyway of uh, of last season and. Um, you know, Liam Williams wasn't playing at fifteen. He was either on the bench or he was on the wing. So I think half. I, I actually think that probably Halfpenny is going to be on the wing because the Scarlets. That is it. That is it. He won't be. He'll play fullback. Definitely I, not. He'll put. He'll put McNichol on the wing. I, I'm convinced of that. Yeah. I. I yeah. Yeah. I, I can't see I, it happening. I. You know. I'm, I'm with. Yeah. I know. I know. I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. I think that. Um, He'd be, he's, he's so safe as well at fullback that yeah, you, you you miss that little bit of sort of you know Mc, McNichol sort of he, he, a lot of, a lot of a lot of the good stuff that came from the Ospreys started with him, but at the same time for me McNichol did make errors as well, and Halfpenny won't make those. Plus he'll make his kick, so I think you uh, what you lose. Well, you you just gain. They're very very different, aren't yeah. they? But you still get if you because the scars give their backs enough time on the ball, um, because they've sorted out the set piece and they've got a they've got a good pack. That if, McN- if McNichols on the wing, you'll still cause damage. Well, I, th- I personally, I think McNichols' best position players, is on it? the wing. Like you know, I think he's he's yeah. a really great attacking threat. I don't think defensively. He's all there. Sometimes he tries to overdo it a bit. High ball for full back and under the high ball, he's not as strong. So. I personally think he'll slot onto the wing for those reasons. Um, yeah, like I said before, I think for Wales, I'd love to see Liam Williams at fullback and Halfpenny, you know, Halfpenny on the wing, just yeah. to try it a few times to see if it works. But this, could, you know, working with Stephen Jones at Scotland could be absolutely perfect for Halfpenny because, you know, I don't know, he's just not the same player. But I, I remember watching Halfpenny as a, you know, the going back five or six years, and he wasn't. Well, you would never have said Halfpenny was a boring player then. You know, he was he was quick and he he looked to counter attack when it was on, but he'd kick when it wouldn't. I, I don't know. I just almost feel like it's been drummed out of him. And I would love to see Stephen Jones um, kind of reignite that that bit of that sense of adventure in him. And if he could do that, you know, that'll be massively beneficial. Yeah, I do. I, I don't yeah. think it's gone. I just think he needs to be, you know, to be part of a game plan where it's like, look, you know, you just need to to play it when it's on you know his positioning's so good that he's he's always in the right position when the ball's kicked away and that means inevitably that at certain points there are 
going to be opportunities to counter. I don't know what it is, but it does feel like that's almost been drummed out of him. And I think Steve Jones is exactly the coach that you would want to um, to kind of instill that sense of adventure in him. Yeah, I think that Halfpenny would be going in there, wouldn't he? Thinking with 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 with, with like a real excitement, knowing that surely no no rugby player wants to go into a side where it's so structured and you know we play this way that way he he's going to be he's going to be loving this opportunity isn't he of playing with guys that just do play what they see in front of them it's a little bit off the cuff and as you pointed out his positional play is so so good that he's going to he's going to give himself that extra bit of time because he's invariably in the right place at the right time and then he'll have guys on the inside guys on the outside and it'll just be it could be really quite exciting for the Scarlets and also Halfpenny as a player just to get that running you know, fluidity back into his game that we all know he, he does have, doesn't he? He's, he's, I mean, he's really quick. He's a quick guy. He's got unbelievable hands, um, good brain. He's got everything, isn't he? It's just, it just we haven't seen the running side of him for years. It's been years. Yeah, it has. And he's got um, it. And obviously he, he missed so long with injury. That's the only the only doubt I have in my mind is that injury that he picked up before uh, before the World Cup. You know, is, is has that had an effect on him? You know, has that been something that's been there at the back of his mind? And mm. you know, maybe he doesn't feel like as much of a as an athlete as he was. I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating with that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I I really do hope he can he can recapture some of that because again, he's such. He's never gonna. He never lets you down, really, does he? You know, it's it's very rare that he lets you. Very rarely lets you down, either off the tee or kicking from hand or whatever it is. I would just love to see that. Yeah, that kind of um, that bit of uh, that bit of ambition with the ball in hand a little bit more. Massive, wouldn't it? You can imagine, you know, imagine him finding a gap and just opening it up. Finding find a gap, readjusting his scrum cap, going exactly. for it. Just that little adjustment, and then going through. And he, he's diff- he'd be difficult to stop, wouldn't he? Because he's got genuine pace. But um, yeah, Steve. If anyone, if anyone's going to do it, it with with him, it's going to be Stephen Jones, isn't it? That that man management, that sort of one to one coaching, I think, as well. Um, and very quickly going back to to Hook. He, Stephen Jones, I think, would be the type of chap that would would get the best out of him. But anyway, that's uh, that's a, a little nod back to our podcast from yeah. earlier in the week about the Ospreys. Which, uh, if you haven't listened to, make sure you check that one out as well. With Lee Halfpenny, you, we mentioned again. In fact, in a in a, a previous podcast where we were talking about uh, Cardiff Blues, you said that you know if Halfpenny had turned up down there, it would have been as much about getting numbers you know getting bums on seats do you think that's going to have the effect you know that coupled with the fact that they're pro 12 champions is going to have the the desired effect on attendances at Parky Skylights yeah apparently ticket sales are, are the best they, I think the best they've been in terms of season ticket season ticket holder sales mm. um, it'll definitely bring a proportion you know the, I don't think it'll be an enormous number but it'll 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 have an effect on it, and also on the the youngsters as well. You know the you know the young the young kids will want to they'll want to go and see Halfpenny, won't they? Because he's a name, yeah. And uh, that's great. You know that's that's what it's about, isn't it? It's great. I think they're just through the talking about youngsters. There, I think there'll be an awful amount that he's able to offer the younger players in the Scarlet squad. 
as well. And as much as anything, you know, he's a relentless, obsessive trainer, isn't he? You know, when it comes to his his goal kicking, he's so that's why he's so good at it is because he's he's put so much graft in over the um, over the years, and I think that's something that some of the younger members in the squad will will definitely benefit. You know, when you've got that kind of character around you, putting in that amount of graft, you're not going to want to be seen to be slacking compared to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's somebody that will... Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's, good, it's a good point, actually. His, his training sort of philosophies and mentality yeah. will, will, will feed into the rest of the guys, won't it? And they're probably like, well, yeah, Lee's at least still out there practicing. Yeah. I'm now going to practice my box kick or whatever, whatever it may be, or... I'm going to put in that extra little bit, so he'll he'll, he'll probably have an have an effect when he on the overall the overall squad. Um, it'd be good as well if when he when he is doing his kicking coat, you know, his kicking practice, if he go if he could bring in if they could have it so this open like the dragons are having, where you know the the young you know the young children you know school children in the area can go and watch him yeah. practice, and then they're going to go back home and speak to their their parents and say, look, we want to go and watch the Scarlets. And I think we, we, we've got to do more. The players, the players have to be not used, but they have to be. I think they do. I think they they have to be, um, to get this, you've got to maximize the the assets you've got there. And if someone is a big name, you've got to get that in front of the next generation of, of young players. And you're right. Either they go back and say, say, oh yeah, I want to go and watch the Scarlets or better, you know, or better still, they say, I want to watch the Scarlets and I want to go and play, I want to go and play rugby and they lace up the boots and they're that influential aren't they and if they go, if they're going down and watching him kicking and then you know he's able to he can't do it all the time of course but if he's then able to just have a little chat with you know a number you know one or two of them maybe at the end of a session that's going to be huge and it'll stick with them won't it and they're going down and then they want to play um, I think more of that needs to go on within all the regions really in, in, in Wales to get the get the engagement levels up yeah, I think those things are. Um, again, I I wouldn't mind seeing exactly what levels are going on. Obviously, you know it's 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 hard to say without analysing them in in kind of detail. But yeah, I agree in principle that it's a really you know that kind of youth engagement is a really important part of getting the next generation of players to to support that team and also to to go and play rugby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's probably there probably is a fair bit going on, isn't there? But. Well, yeah, it's just, just you know, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah, I think the important thing there that is the is that is that principle behind it, and I think that's um, that's something that has to has to kind of continue across the four regions. Bring it back to kind of on pitch matters now. Obviously, the the kind of the major strength of the Scarlets last year was there, or one of their major strengths was that kind of exciting free free flowing free flowing rugby that we've spoken about. Are they going to be able to carry on doing that, or will sides have kind of started to started to figure them out, and will will have kind of found ways to stop them? I think it's un, it's unplayable, personally. If you if they can continue doing the, the way in which they played was I, it was the most exciting rugby that I've I've seen in I haven't seen anything like that in years and years mm. and years. It was that good, wasn't it? It was so good, and. I think it's undefendable. Um, well, the, the, the difficulty is going to be is if they can if they can continue to do that, and if they can, it's it's going to be it's it's almost magical, isn't it? Um, but it's a big if, isn't it? Because it was it was so it was so good. 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's going to be more difficult. But you're right. It's you know it's it's one thing identifying what they're what they're going to do, mm. but uh, it's another thing stopping it. Yeah, and they're they're not they're not one trick ponies. Are they? No, it's either as well. They've got that absolute you know dominance up front where they can if they want to if they want to close out a game or not you know they want to shrink it and not play expansive they can they they can do it and that's what we were saying last year how impressed we were with them that they can adapt their game to 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 all the different situations which is why there was such a difficult side to play against mm. and then when it was on they only needed sort of two or three chances with limited possession and bang they were they were striking and that's why they were they, they were devastating, weren't they? They didn't even need the ball. They 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 were happy yeah. for the other side to have the ball, and then they picked it up, and bang, they were they were away and scored. And that's that's a sign of an unbelievable side, isn't it? It is, and I, yeah, I, I agree. That's that's something that was really impressive about them last season. We've mentioned this a number of times that the kind of the way that the squad kind of seemed to build throughout the throughout the course of the the season, though, as well. Like you know when the a lot of the Welsh internationals were off. They kind of seemed to unearth this whole uh, raft yeah, of they're almost really, stronger, really talented. They? But yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. And, you know, the, the likes of Elias and um, Elias and Boyd, and then at the end of the season, McLeod, you know, it, it just looks like a, a really strong squad. Um, yeah, McLeod, yeah. Yeah, you know, some, some really, really good talent within there. They've also added a few more into the, into the mix outside of Halfpenny. They've brought in a few players from... Uh, from outside of the region, so Tom Grabham joins from the Ospreys. I think he's quite a useful, um, useful player to have in and around the squad. Uh, I think he could be a, he could be a decent, um, a decent addition. Yeah, uh, clever signing that. Yeah, again, when those, it's almost weird, isn't it, that they, that the Ospreys had him and uh, Tom Haberfield, both wingers slash yeah, scrum halves, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, which is you know, relatively unusual. Certainly, to have two of them at the uh, at the same club, but I think he'll be um, he'll be useful to have around the squad. Tom Pridey's an interesting one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't see that coming. Did you? No, I don't. I you know I don't think he's I don't think he's necessarily been bought in to be first choice. I think he's more than likely going to be in there just to add you know another option and and to keep the the squad strong when um, you know when they've got injuries and and stuff as well. But again, it's an interesting one. For Tom Pridey, you know he's. This is this would be why his third his third of the um of the Welsh regions that he's that he's played for now. So he never quite clicked after that initial hype at the Ospreys, and then been in the Dragons for five years. And you know, I while he's you know he's a solid player, I wouldn't say he'd ever set the set the world on fire there. So it's interesting, but again, he's, you know, he's still only twenty five years he's old. He's so young, isn't he? Still. Um, you know, it's uh, it's incredible. So it would be great if he could. You know, have something of a seems mad to say have a, a renaissance in his career age yeah. twenty five, but that would be you know that would be fantastic if he's able to do that. Yeah, definitely. The the, the Scarlets needed they needed to strengthen, and they'll bring in somebody on the on the, in that wing position. And he is somebody that I don't think he's going to set the world alight, as you said. But he is consistent, isn't he? He's he doesn't get that many injuries, and he'll be he'll be there. He'd be there to play, running, mm. and you know, almost week in, week out. So it could be quite. A, I, yeah, I don't know whether it'll be week in, week out, but you know, well, you it's just, an option. That we'll you be, just you just don't know what the you know what 
card you're going to get dealt with injuries and yeah. and everything else so you know I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes another player um, another kind of utility bat they brought in is this guy Paul Asquith who's um, who's joined uh, from Australia obviously played for Australian Sevens a um, number of times yeah, have, you ever, have you come across him have you seen much of this guy play no not massively no um, he's you got he's it's quite a good um, look, quite a bit of hype around him though isn't it mm, I um, think yeah it could be again it's almost that versatility that I think he's that I think he's able to bring you know he's able to play in the centre and on the wing and um, you know can fit in at full back as well I think generally with you know players who've been around the Australian 7 set up you expect that certain level of of athleticism yeah. and and general ball skills so you know with that you'd expect him to fit into the uh, fit into the Scarlet's mould but yeah no I've not um, I've not had a chance to see much of him either but again another thing that's great to have this uncanny knack of doing is unearthing players that you know just seem to slip through the net elsewhere so you know they've they've done that numerous times I suppose um, Ty Byrne last season being the the um, the the prime example of that. So who knows? Maybe they've got another little gem on their hands. Yeah, there. I think they probably have as well with him, isn't it? It's so important as well to have players that have real quality that can just play in, in a number of positions. I mean, you know, Hadley Parks has just yeah. been yeah, I mean, an a, unbelievable what a signing, signing he's isn't been, he? You know, and this this chap now could be could be another, couldn't he? Yeah, I think you know Hadley Parks has been um, it's been absolutely phenomenal for me you know a player who really kind of just didn't really make it in super rugby you know flitted around a few different a few different teams but um but my god he's just been he's been yeah. absolutely phenomenal for um uh, for Scott so I mean hats off to and, the, and hats off to the that's to, off the, to the well, isn't it yeah like, they, they they love him he's worshipped down there isn't he so yeah yeah. I, yeah exactly it's all those kind of all those kind of players that have um have led the, the Scarlets to that kind of success so you know if they're able to if they, they might well have another one there and you know if he's able to click then you know it just it just strengthens that position for them yet again are there any um, any players you know you, you're expecting to see like a bit of a you know a breakthrough player this season any any of the current squad that you're, you're kind of really excited by I think Elias is, is going to be a big season for him he's he's a big man isn't he um Monday hooker really isn't mm. he I suppose mobile he's, he's mobile um, he's good his throwing in's good um, invariably anyway he's pretty good and uh, he's he's aggressive isn't he but he's he's not like a uh, he's not a hothead that he he's a silly thing so he's he's uh, he, he can definitely he should definitely be featuring for Wales I think over the next you know two or three years I mean yeah there's just so much but we've, There's yeah. so much competition there, and the, the hooker spot isn't there. You know, I think you know Ken Owens is, um, you know, will be a, a rival for that shirt at both regional and potentially international level. Yeah. That's going to be a real battle there, isn't it, between those two because they're very different. Yeah, I suppose in a way, if you're Wayne Pivak, you're hoping that you're hoping that Ryan Lice gets overlooked when it comes to the internationals, aren't you? Mm. Because you've you've, you've got, got him one. to slot in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They won't. You won't want them both involved, will he? But I think uh, Wales. Well, yeah, although to be fair, Emma, Emma Phillips there as well. You yeah, know, he's a, but he's had his in the back row. Had his, well, yeah, had his fair share of um, bad luck with injury. So uh, you know, again, it'd be it'd be quite nice to see him get a, get a good run of games. 
this season. But yeah, it's encouraging that level of depth that they've got in, you know, in, in key positions. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think Ryan, um, because he is very different to the all the other hookers that we've got in Wales, that we'll probably see him being brought in now more and more into the into the fold. So Pivak and uh, Pivak and Stephen Jones will have to have a little look at that, won't they? Because it could, yeah, they're, they're both probably going to be away. And then we've got uh, our friend uh, Emma Phillips with a headband. That's it. As hookers should have, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. Headband should be compulsory, I think. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to enter the pitch unless you've got a unless you've got a headband on. <laughs> um, who else in the pack is? Uh, well, Boyd's a big guy for you. Yeah, he is. He, he really impressed me last year. I think he's a, he's a player that, um, again, very, very versatile, you know, across, mm. across the back row, can do a job at eight or on the flank. And, yeah, he's he's really impressed me. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, if it's out of that kind of, you know, younger set of players, I think he could have a really, another really big season. But, you know, kind of all of those players that we've said, you know, plus the, the likes of of um, Lewis Rawlings and yeah, you know, they he, were all just able to up their game when it came to the to the semi-final and the final and you know kind of hats off to the coaching staff yeah. for for being able to it's great wasn't it because people, people were saying yeah. you know, who, who, you could almost hear them saying it in their voices like who, who is this guy yeah who is this this you know Lewis Rawlings where's he been and he he was he, maybe when he flattened um, Sexton, Sexton and yeah. he absolutely put him on his backside right in his face the whole game just levelling people left right and centre uh, you know this guy Josh McLeod he's a he's a quality yeah. player isn't he um, she kept yeah she kept on unearthing these guys so it's all really quite encouraging in terms of in terms of that playing squad you know like we said it's um, you know you'd have looked at it 12 months ago and said oh right, you know, they need to recruit in all these places and the start they had to the season you'd have looked at it and said oh yeah the squad doesn't look strong enough but you know, to to yeah. go on then and win the tournament, um, yeah, you've you've got to look at it and say that that's, there's a there's a great squad there. So you know, hopefully they'll be able to to translate that into into more success um, in the newly revamped Pro Four team, and they actually start against one of the new teams as well. They got the Southern Kings first up, so that'll be uh, that'll be a very interesting affair. And uh, yeah, hopefully a big crowd down at Parky Scarlets. The other thing for me, Dan, is. I'm intrigued to see how they uh, how they go in Europe. That's the that's the really kind of interesting thing because they you know they had such a um, such a tough draw um, last season that you kind of didn't really give them a chance and they played really well. I think particularly that second game against Saracens that they so nearly won um, kind of almost gave them the confidence to to go on and have the season that they had. I'm fascinated to see how they're going to uh, how they're going to get on in. Um, in Europe this season, um, what do you think is the, the priority? You know, Europe or the league? Europe. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Do, do you agree with that? It's it's really difficult. Yeah, because thing is that I think the, the problem is, is if you concentrate on Europe, you're kind of saying right, we they have to be back in Europe next season, right? Yeah, they have to do that for financial reasons. They they need to be in Europe. So the easiest way of doing that is the league. But then that's like kind of showing a lack of ambition by wanting to 
to go out and um, and put on the best performance you can in Europe. It's really difficult. I don't know. Um, it would be a huge ask to say that they could that they could win that they could win in Europe, but you just don't know, do you? No, you don't. I I, I guess the more obvious way is yeah, you focus on the league, and then you you know then Europe sort of come, comes comes thereafter, doesn't it? But I I think then I think they need to switch it the other way. They they played that well. And it's always going to be difficult backing up, isn't it? But I think they need to look at Europe as in that. That's this is what we want to be involved in. This is what we we're going to be involved in. The league will look after this. I mean, that's going to happen for us. They almost have to have that little bit of arrogance, I think, mm. which they're not the type of side that are just going to let things slip. And and Europe is 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 the one. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, looking at the looking at the the pool they've got. You know, obviously we'll preview this a lot closer to the time, but you know, Toulon, Bath and Treviso. And, you know, Treviso, you'd, you'd expect them to, to be able to beat home and away. Bath are a side that, you know, have a lot of great players in their ranks, but have struggled to to live up to that under under Todd Blackadder. You know, I think he would be expecting more from them this season. Yeah, you're not going to massively fear them, are you? you? You can have a go at them. Yeah, and, and Toulon, again, is, is yeah. a game where you think that they're not the force that they once were. So, yeah, who knows? You know, it could be a really interesting season on that on that regard. It's not a bad group. No, but again, just to go back to the, the signings and the, the players that they've got within the, within the squad... It's imperative, you know, to have a squad of that level of strength because you're, you're kind of competing on two fronts, really. You know, you need to you need to be able to um, to, to deal with the, the day-to-day Pro 14 business. You need to be able to go out and give these sides, uh, you know, um, give these sides a, a huge kind of a huge challenge in the in the European tournament. You know, plus you'll have injuries and you'll have international call-ups to deal with as well. So, you know, that, having a having a that strong squad is absolutely pivotal to being able to compete in any of the tournaments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've got squad. Yeah, squad looks good, and it's it's well, as we said, it's a team that the key thing is that they can they can change the way the way they play, the way they the way they the way they, they went up their way. They want to play anyway, mm. and a lot of sides can't do that. Can they? Usually, there's a a structure they play to, and it doesn't really matter who they play against. That's the way they play, and the Scarlets very cleverly can can mix it all up, which is a really difficult thing to do. So I don't think they need to fear anybody. So just to finish, then can they uh, can they go back to back back to back domestic titles? It's going to be unbelievably tough, isn't it? Massively tough, but they can they can do it. Yeah, I really do think that uh, the Scarlets can continue to get better. Um, they didn't have a great start last year, did they? Mm. And you know they should be starting well this year, but it's always difficult, isn't it, to keep that? Uh, some of some of it was fairy tale stuff, isn't it? Um, it's going to be difficult, but. They can do it, yeah. What are, what what are your thoughts on it? Do you think? I mean, back to back is really really tough. I, you know, I, it's yeah. You that, wouldn't put your house on it. Would I, you? I wouldn't put my house on it, and I think it's. Um, but you just don't know. Like you say, they've, they've got a fantastic game plan, really good coaches, and a, and a strong squad. But 
it's the it's the Irish provinces I think that are going to be that are going to be difficult. I think particularly you know particularly Leinster I I think are going to be a um, a very very strong outfit as always. But uh, yeah, you you just don't know. I mean, if you'd have asked me twelve months ago, would Scarlets win the league? No no way in hell I would have thought that. So you just uh, you know it's a very very hard thing to do, and we sit here and play and and try and uh, try and figure out whether we whether it's going to be the case or not. You just simply do not know until um, you know until yeah. you're in deep into the season. Because again, they started the season so poorly. There were people people calling for Pivac's head, head at the go, start yeah. of the, now the season. You know. He's been lauded. I was going to say, I don't think he's, you know, he hasn't bought a pint for two months in, <laughs> yeah. in any any pub in West Wales, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I th- it's a tough ask. But, um, yeah, I just hope they're able to carry on playing that attractive rugby because it's, like you said, it's a, it's a joy to watch when they're, when they're playing their best. Yeah. What do you think about Patchell? I, I really like Rich Patchell. I'm a big fan. Again, I think he, he fits that, he fits that Scarlet's mould. He, He's very flat. He's got great hands. Um, he's quite a big guy as well in terms of big stature. Big, he's and quick. Um, yeah, I think he's he's got a good kicking game. I'm a big fan. Of, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him kind of make that. You know, it is his, it is his shirt really. You know, obviously he only missed out from from injury last season, but I'd like to see him stay injury free all year and 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 compete for a. You know, placing the Welsh squad on a regular basis because he's not really ever been when he's played for Wales. I, thought, I think he's done well. You know, particularly New Zealand yeah, last summer. I thought he was really good. Well, you know, fullback. You know, yeah. so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his, and I think again under Steve Jones, he's going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. He's somebody that I'm looking forward to seeing this season because um, he's a real talent, isn't he? And I, I just hope that he's not somebody that we let slip through the net. Because he's he's got a different skill set, hasn't he? He so does, yeah. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how he goes. Just to finish, then uh, I know you've been struggling to get to to this conference uh, malarkey, so I'm not going to ask you to predict the outcome of that. What I will say is, let's look at the four um, the four Welsh regions and rank them from one to four as to where you think they would. Hey, you know who will have the best seasons? Okay, we'll do this together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Go on then. We'll do it together. All right. Where should we go? Bottom to. Let's go bottom. Yeah. I think the Dragons is going to be an improved season. Yeah. But they'll probably be the the, the finished bottom of the of the uh, the Welsh the Welsh sides. Okay, I think I'll, be, I'll probably agree with it, but I think it's going to be quite Blues, close between close. them and Blues. I yeah. don't think this. I don't think it's going to be quite as big this season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So and you know, if you cast your mind back a couple of seasons ago, we did even finish above them in the league, but um, that was because that was a particularly awful season for Cardiff. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I would go Dragons for you know the the, the kind of the Blues. fourth place region Blues just just in third. Then, then the Ospreys, yeah. and then I think quite comfortably the Scarlets. Scarlets, yeah. We'll have the best season out of the the four. Yeah, it'd be great if there was a few surprises to that, wouldn't it? Yeah, if the Dragons was. came. You know, if the Dragons were up in the, you know, well, you know, won the bloody thing. But you know, if they were, you know, if they they nipped into third there, third place. Um, but 
Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns there, isn't there? There is, and that's yeah. it. The, the thing that this is, you know, this is thought is just so hard to predict every year. It's it's really really difficult to um, to be able to do that because you say again, you know, who would have predicted Connacht winning the league a couple of seasons yeah. ago? It's uh, it's a very very hard thing to very very hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait to can't wait Get to settle down and watch the rugby now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Not long, and not, that's not, it. Not too not, many more sleeps now. Not long to go, and of course, throughout the season, we will be with you uh, making podcasts throughout the whole time. So, if there's anything you want to get off your chest, drop us a line at Attacking Scrum or uh, on Twitter, or you can do the same on Facebook. Um, and if you've enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review as well on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out massively. And if you do that, we'll make sure we give you a shout out. So yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy the the first weekend of the Pro Twelve, and we'll be back to uh, we'll be back to review it. And uh, yeah, let, let us know what you think. Podcast Network.